0: Hey guys, I'm Benji Cash. Um, I was asked to share a little bit just about what's been going on in my life and in the lives of some of these young men of the church. Um, In June of 2014, I committed my life to Christ. And since then, I uh, became, or I started playing professional baseball with the Kansas City Royals. And once I got home this off season, I was helping lead a small group of guys at another church and the group was huge we had anywhere from 50 to 60 guys that would show up on a given week but um, some stuff happened and i felt the lord really asking me and calling me to step away from that group and in the midst of about a week or two i started hanging out with uh, some of this kind of 17 to 20 year old guys that were in this church and the lord put a real um, burning and desire in my heart to touch these guys because there were small groups for for married couples and for um, you know, the older folks in our church, but nobody was really reaching out to these young guys. And the Lord put a real burning in my heart just to reach out to these guys. So I had no idea what it would look like, but I called a couple of the guys and we started talking and they said, yeah, sure, we'd be, you know, we'd be open to doing something. So I remember the first week I almost called and canceled it because I was driving home uh, from church that morning and I was like, I don't know what this is going to look like. Um, I started praying. I said, Lord, if this is really something that you're putting a desire in my heart for, then you got to show up because I don't know where to go and I don't know how to lead this. But I trust that if this is your calling on my heart and uh, something that you're really desiring to do in these guys' lives, then I'll trust you and we'll see how it goes. And it was amazing that every week before we started, that was our prayer. And every single week, guys started opening up. We started seeing lives transformed. And we based our group off James 5.16 that says, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other, that there's healing in that, and that the prayer of a righteous man is incredible and it's powerful. And so we just started opening up. We, we shared the, the dark, deep secrets that were going on in our lives. And we pray for each other. We talk about it. And this community group that wasn't going to beat around the bush um, and give Sunday school answers, but we are going to get raw and authentic and real. And it's just been amazing seeing guys, you know, back in September, how they were and things that they struggled with and things that they um, said that they just won't open up about. And just seeing now, we actually, this past Sunday, were asking guys what the groups meant to them. And, I mean, guy after guy after guy was talking about just the radical transformation that they've seen in their own lives, and other guys were able to, you know, pinpoint them and like, and, and talk about how incredible they've seen a growth in their lives since, uh, since we started doing this. And um, as I prepare to leave here in just a couple of weeks um, to go back and play again, I'll be gone for anywhere from six to seven months. Um, and 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 I ask for you guys, as the church, that y'all would pray for me, as that has become kind of my mission field that I feel like the Lord has given me to reach um, baseball players. And while I play, I know that. Um, there's more to it that I have a deeper calling than to just go and play baseball, but that is a people group that I'm you know, able to go and touch. So uh, I ask for prayer for strength and for courage and confidence as I leave, um, to stay healthy and playing, but also to uh, to stay strong and trying to help lead these guys closer to Christ. John chapter
1: 20, verse 21, Jesus said to them, peace be with you. Now... Jesus has been crucified. He's been raised from the dead. Verse 20 says, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. They see the Lord in his resurrected state, and he looks at them, and he says, uh, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I'm also sending you into the world. So Jesus is looking at these disciples who are probably 19, 20, 21-year-old guys who have been rocked by their three years of experience with Jesus. They've seen the crucifixion, the brutality of a murder. They've seen him placed in a barred tomb. They've seen him raised on the third day. He appears to a variety, and now he's hanging out, life coaching these guys one more time before he takes off. Hey, guys, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And I think that message, again, is the message for you and I. Go into all the world preaching the gospel, making disciples of all nations, he says. A few days later, the Holy Spirit falls at a place called Pentecost. And when the Holy Spirit falls at Pentecost, the word is this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the third member of the Godhead. The power of God is going to come upon you You shall receive power. The Greek word is the word dunamis. It's where we get the English word dynamite from. You're going to receive explosive God-style power inside of you. And you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the remotest parts of the earth. Jerusalem, personalize it. Those people in your world, those people that you know, family, friends, coworkers you're going to be my witnesses, you're going to be my signboards, you're going to be who I use to declare me to your small world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, those around you, those that maybe you don't know as well, those that you uh, occasionally have interaction with, you're going to be my witnesses there and then to everybody else on the planet. Who's he talking to? He's talking to me. Who's he talking to? He's talking to you. And so the person who claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus says, just as my father sent me, I'm sending you. You are going to receive power. And when you get power, you're going to be my witnesses. So we are the redeemed of the Lord. We are ambassadors of Christ. We are the body of Christ, each and every one of us. And so As Max Lakeda said, it's impossible to be satisfied with existence once we have tasted purpose. What Bert, what Greg, what Neil, what Patrick and these guys were talking about today is that we just experienced incredible purpose in the Lord. So merely existing is not something I want to do anymore. Just going through the motions and coasting is not part of the economy anymore. Why? God is doing something in me and through me and to me for His namesake, God is wanting to use me to infiltrate the world in which I live. And I want to play on three words as I kind of share with you today. The word care, the word dare, and the word share. You got to care, you got to dare, you got to share. Three simple observations. I will care about other people. I will care about other people. James chapter 1. 27 and 28 basically says, pure and undefiled religion, that which is pure in the sight of God, that which communicates to others that you really belong to me. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God is taking care of orphans and widows. Also, not becoming contaminated in this world in which you're living. Learning to live holy in this crazy, corrupt world. What is pure in the sight of God? He says, you want to you really reflect me and represent me to the world? Take care of widows and orphans. What do you mean? Those that are fatherless, those that are hurting, those that have been knocked down. You, you want to you reflect me to others? Yes. Then take care of people that are out there that are hurting. Show the world that you care. Even Jesus uses that story in Matthew 25 where he says, then the king will say, I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And they'll go, when did we do this for you, Lord? And he said, when you did it to the least of these, these that could do nothing in return, these that couldn't pay you, these that couldn't do anything for you, when you extended care and compassion to other people. You did it to me. And one of the signs of a maturing believer and a person that is really walking with Christ is compassion and care for other people. Because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And the ministry of Mother Teresa was all about compassion. And when you read about people that God has used greatly, it's all a result of them having compassion and care for other people. You've got to start by saying, do I really care about other people? Philippians 2, the great kenosis passage, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but with humility of mind, regard other people as more important than yourself. And so the first step we take is, I, 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 I know God is working in me because he he's given me eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that cares for other people. Yeah. So last night, Barb gets this uh, text from Hannah Johnson. And Hannah Johnson is up uh, at the Snowbird Retreat. Rick Blomquist and uh, uh, the students underneath our leadership there are at this retreat So Hannah Johnson and her husband, Corey, and others have gone to serve up there. Hannah writes this note to Barb last night. So the girls from the cross here at Snowbird, they've adopted another girl from another youth group. There aren't any girls in her group, just a bunch of guys. She seems to be bullied at school, and I believe she has some social issues. This little girl has some low maturity uh, level in her life, but our girls have welcomed her with open arms and they've been so encouraging to her. Hannah writes, this makes my heart so full. Can I tell you something? If somebody would have called last night and saying, hey, uh, the bank made a mistake. You got $10,000 uh, coming your way. This note right here would encourage me more than a check coming in the mail. And I'm reading that going, our little high school girls 14 15 16 years old are extending ca- uh, kindness and care and compassion to somebody else i'm like look at y'all so wednesday night i want to feed them pizza dean where you at for you come on dean we're providing pizza for our girls only on wednesday night baby come on it's my vision it's your company we're going to make it work praise the lord Anybody work for Coke, I need the Sonic. Come on, we we, we got a vision going on over here. But don't that fire you up? They're extending the kindness and compassion and care of Jesus. And when we do that, Jesus says, when you've done it to the least of these, you're really doing it to me. Here's another thing. I will dare to make a difference in my world. I've got to care about people around me. But I've got to dare to make a difference. I've got to step out of my comfort zone. I've got to be willing to leave that which is comfortable and familiar. I'm telling you. Uh, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 9, 22, When I am with those who are oppressed, I share their oppression so that I might bring them to Christ. That's where Paul is saying, I've become all things to all people so that I might win a few. He says, when those are oppressed or around me, I hang with them and and establish rapport with them so that I might bring them to Christ. He says, I do what I do. Listen, I find common ground with everyone to bring them to Christ. I do all of this to spread the good news of the gospel, and I find such enjoyment and blessing in doing this. Is this possible for each and every one of us? Yes, but what will it require? Listen, listen, listen. If I'm going to dare to make a difference, I've got to take risk. And if I'm going to take risk, as my friends with Switchfoot would say, I dare you to move. Beautiful Let Down, Switchfoot, one of the best albums of all time. Come on, Casey Caldwell. We got to know this one right here, brother. But I'm telling you right now, When I heard the lyrics of that, I dare you to move. I dare you to leave your comfort zone. I dare you to take a risk. What is God willing to do through you this day? What what is God willing to do through you this week? 5.30 a.m. last Sunday morning on the elliptical, getting a little sweat and blood flowing, praying for last weekend's worship services. And God said, pray for 5B. Pray for 5B? Pray for 5B. All right, I'll pray for 5B. I'm on Delta flight 1011, 4.30 p.m., heading to Phoenix, Arizona. I was seated in 5A, and God told me that morning to start praying for 5B. So I started praying for 5B. So when I went to the airport, I was praying for 5B. And when I got to the airport and went through the security and surveillance. I was praying for 5B. And I got over to the gate. I was there about an hour and 20 minutes early, and I was praying for 5B. And I was watching all these people walk by, but I didn't know who 5B was. And all of a sudden, they opened the plane and first-class boards first. And I'm like, sweet. I'm getting on the plane. And when I got on the plane, all of a sudden, I get to row number five, And I'm like, there is 5B. I was looking forward to meeting 5B because God told me to pray for 5B. And I'd already been praying for this person. I didn't know if it was male, female. I didn't know what we were dealing with. But I just know he said, pray for 5B. And I did. And So 5B stands up because 5A is by the window. And he lets me sit down. And after I throw my backpack on the floor, I said, how you doing? I'm Tim. I'll call him Joe. He goes, hi, Tim. I'm Joe. So, so, you live in Arizona, or are you just going there for business? I'm just going there for business. How about you? Yeah, yeah, just got some stuff I got to do out there. So, from the time I sat down on that plane, 5A and 5B talked until the plane landed, until it taxied to the gate, until the door opened, and we started to deplane flight 1011. We ended our conversation by him turning around and hugging me saying, thank you so much. I'm like, no, thank you. Guy shared his life story. Failed marriage, talked about some prodigal children, talked about his own journey. We talked for four hours and 20 plus minutes. We broke down the four laws of the heart. We broke down a lot of scripture. Guy comes from some church background. He had surrendered to Christ years ago, but he had drifted. His heart was aching and hurting for four hours and 20 minutes. They bring us food, which is always nice in first class because a little china work right there. They bring us food, set it down. I'm like, hey man, we've been talking for a bit. Joe, pray for our food. He's like, you got it. So here me and this dude are, we just met, right? We just met. He's praying for the food. We're having life talk took his cell phone took his email address and uh sent him a note sunday night when i got to the hotel sent him a note hey 5b i just wanted you to know i enjoyed meeting you today and i really feel like god was behind this conversation i get up monday morning i've got an email from 5b and he said hey just wanted you to know that based on our conversation yesterday i just want you to know Action point number one, I will seek God's face immediately when I wake up. I will dive into the Word, and God's voice will be the first one I hear. Point number two, I want you to know that this guilt that I've been carrying for all these years, he and I broke down Romans 7 and 8. I think we could broke down the whole New Testament on that flight, but we broke down Romans 7 and 8. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me and set me free from this body of death? Thanks be to God. For Jesus Christ, there's no condemnation for those in Christ. He writes me saying, I just want you to know I'm living redeemed, and I will suffer carrying that old man around with me anymore. And then he said, I just want you to know I watched the sermon from last week already, and I want you to know that I will be available, and God's got permission to interrupt me whenever he wants to, and I'll stop thinking of myself so much, and I'm going to allow Christ to work through me. So he and I have been dialoguing all week. So I'm praying with Kenny flowers and john schmacker a couple of my brothers here in the church so kenny this morning at about eight thirty, said how was your trip and i said it was pretty powerful he goes really i said it's pretty powerful i said let me tell you about this dude i met who was 5b on the flight i'm giving kenny about a two or three minute statement on it and all of a sudden my phone buzzes i look down and it's 5b 5b goes do y'all stream y'all services live or not I said, no, but you can grab it later this afternoon. Here's my personal testimony of something I did a few months back. He goes, great, me and my girls are going to watch it this morning. I didn't have that conversation with that guy because I'm a pastor. I had that conversation with that guy because I'm a believer and follower of Jesus. He didn't listen to me because he saw my business card because I don't even carry any. He goes, what do you do? I said, I'm a life coach. I didn't tell him I was a pastor. Really, What what, what kind of life coaching you do? I encourage people to embrace Jesus. Seriously? So I get an email, even one of the emails during the week. He's like, is there any way I can shoot down to Atlanta maybe once a month for some life coaching on my personal walk with Christ and stuff? Like, yeah. We can make that one work. What are you saying? What are you saying? This ain't no dig me story. This ain't no hero hero story. This was the Holy Spirit telling me at 5.30 a.m. last Sunday, February 19th, to pray for 5B. I knew 5B had a name. I just didn't know it yet. So I sent him a note Thursday afternoon. Hey, I'm not praying for 5B because I'm sitting in 4J. And I'm not really sure if there's anybody next to me up here where I'm sitting with the way the alignment of this plane is. But I just want you to know, 5B, I'm still praying for you. So I'm walking through Arizona. And I'm walking at this complex with the Royals. And I'm having this conversation with this guy. And I first met him about 8, 10 years ago. And he's opened up with me. So we're leaving the minor league fields and we're walking back down to the clubhouse. And we're sharing. Well, 5B sent me a video from Big Daddy Weave. I didn't know that video. I hadn't seen that video. But I started watching that video. So the guy that I'm walking with, I had sent him the video that 5B had sent me. And this dude who is a, an employee with the Kansas City Royals has tears coming down his face telling me about the video. I'm like, really? So we sit down and start to talk. And we talk in more detail. And I said, what is it going to take for you to totally surrender your life to Christ? And he's like, I'm ready to do it. And he said, would you pray with me? So I'm walking out on a ball field because nobody's on this field in the grassy area where nobody could bother us. I start praying and I said, it's your time. He starts praying and asks Christ to save him. And he's driving a stake in the ground on the ball field. How does it happen? It happens when you and I, this is all heart talk. It happens when you and I make ourselves available that we really do believe the gospel can change people's lives, that heaven is real and hell is real for some people. And we get so compelled and motivated by the power of the gospel that it doesn't matter if we're on an airplane at 38,000 feet, if we're down in Mexico, if we're hanging out in Loganville, if we're walking through Walmart, it just doesn't matter where you're at. It matters who you are. And God goes, go share with this person. This one dude who does strength and conditioning with the royals, he went to Bible college or a Christian college. This dude is one of the smartest guys I met while I was out there. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Where you at in your walk? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. You know, you're just okay. Okay. Uh, well, what are you reading? I'm reading Ephesians. Oh, really? What are you reading? Well, I'm in chapter like three, chapter four. That's what he's telling me. I said, okay. So, so what'd you read today? He goes, ah, I just read just a paragraph. I said, just a paragraph. How about that? So how long did you spend in the word today? He said, about two minutes. I said, you spent about two minutes in the word. I said, can I encourage you with something? He goes, Sure. I said, when that guy comes into your weight room today to train, and he does two minutes on the elliptical, high-five him and tell him, man, you're proud of him. (laughs) And he just looks at me. I said, you can't ask a player to give 30 minutes or 45 minutes in physical training when you're willing to give your father only two minutes, can you? the next morning. I see you. So, Ephesians 6. I don't even ask him any questions. <laughs> Broke down the armor. The helmet of salvation breastplate. Yeah. I'm learning to be strong in the Lord. So this guy gives me about a two-minute word. Did you spend two minutes in the word today? No chance, Tim. I'm locked in. So he finished Ephesians. See him the next day. This is no lie. Philippians 1. (laughs) Verse 27 really popped me today. And whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. Broke it down. Next day. Philippians 2. (laughs) Do nothing out of selfish ambition. He breaks down that. This dude literally like paraphrased about seven verses there. What What is God doing with you? So 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 listen listen listen. Rick and I got into this conversation Bloomquist and he loved it. And he's challenging me even to go deeper with this conversation. Come on. A, B, C, D, and E. A, B, C, D, and E. Do I care? Will I dare to share? A, B, C, D, and E. I meet people and I had conversations out there with a bunch of A's. They're apathetic toward God and really don't want to talk about spiritual things. No problem. I know they're A's, and I'll have conversations with relevant A conversational material. Then I was hanging out with a few B's. B's are becoming interested. They haven't surrendered to Christ yet and driven the stake in the ground, but they're becoming interested. And so I had a conversation with a few B's. It's really good. C's. They confess Christ, but they're, at best, spiritual infants. They're just sipping the milk of the word. Nate Esposito, Scott Blewett, one's from Sacramento. One is from Syracuse, New York, a pitcher and a catcher. I sat down with them at a Chick-fil-A out there on Tuesday night. Do you guys really want to grow? We do. I've been interacting with them for the last year. Yes, I want to grow. Are you committed to it? Yes. We started working on a spiritual game plan. I said, I tell you what, Benji will be out there uh, here in a few days. There's going to be another group of guys coming in. Would you be willing to go through Purpose Driven Life? We've just done it. It'll give you a spiritual game plan. They're like, absolutely. Thursday morning, Scott comes up to me at the ballpark. He goes, day one and two rock me. Oh, you already got the book. Oh, we were at Barnes and Nobles when we left the parking lot that night. I said, come on. They're C's, but they don't want to stay C's. They want to become D's. They want to develop as a disciple. They want to walk in the dust of Rabbi Jesus. And then you've got ease. I'm walking every morning at 5.15 a.m. this past week. And... One morning, I was walking with Dayton, the GM, and Cal, my buddy, Cal Eldred. And I'm walking, and I'm like, I'm hanging with two E's. They both equip other people. They went from C's to developing a a disciple to becoming an E. So now we're going into the locker room looking for A, B, C's, and D's that we can breathe life on. I don't do that because I get paid. I do it because I got redeemed. And this king that I sold out to about 32 years ago gave me a commission to go into all the world. This is all soul talking just raw with you today. Can you live out the faith wherever you're at? Yes. You can do it. You can be salt and light. You can look for teed up opportunities that God is going to intersect you with certain lives and he goes, share with this person, pray with this person, encourage this person. And when it happens, watch God work. Let me wrap it. Hey, Nick, I've got a page and a half of notes, and I just spent four pages of notes that I don't even have working on something right there, so sorry. All right, but let me hit you with this on, uh, on the backside again. I've got to care about other people. I've got to dare to make a difference in the world in which I'm living, but I've got to be willing to share my personal story and share the hope of the gospel. We can all do this. This is the, the extension. Sanctify, 1 Peter three fifteen. Sanctify, set apart Christ as Lord in your heart. Listen to what he says. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to make a defense or to share your faith or to give an answer for the hope that you have. Do it with gentleness and reverence. Gentleness and reverence. Always be ready. Wherever you're at, whoever you're with, whatever's going on, Be ready to share the hope of the gospel inside of you. Yes, who can do it? We all can. He goes on to say in Luke chapter 8, there was this guy named Legion. He was all demonic, uh, filled, and just jacked up and was gashing himself in the tombs. And we read about his narrative, and he meets Jesus, and Jesus frees this dude. And he's like clothed and seated and in his right mind after Christ just absolutely rocked his heart. And Jesus looked at him and said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to your family and tell them all the wonderful things that God has done for you. Here's what I want you to do. Well, I've only been free in Christ for about 30 minutes. I don't care how long you've been free. Just go tell people who you met and what happened. And it says he went back down into the area and started telling them, hey, hey, y'all know I was nuts and I was schizo and I was all out of whack yesterday. And I was hanging out in the graveyard just, I, I was cutting myself and I was out of control. But I met this guy, Jesus. And now I'm clothed. And now my, my, my mind is clean. And, and I know that I've got Purpose. What happened to you? I met Jesus. I met Jesus. And you've got that story to tell. So here's three things in closing. How do I go about sharing my story? (laughs) You can do it. I'm I'm telling you, you can. And And if each and every one of us got fired up about this, it's amazing. What type of transformation could happen in Loganville and beyond? Who you were before Christ. Bam. Who I was before Christ. All right, can I tell you something? I'm looking at a room of people. If you are a believer and a follower and a disciple of Jesus Christ, every person under my voice has a who they were before Christ story in this room. You're not born a Christian. I had five pagans that me and Barb gave birth to. I didn't give birth to any Christians. I gave birth to little sinners. 54 years ago, when my mama brought me home from the hospital, people would say, oh, how pretty. And it would probably have been more accurate to say, oh, how sinful. (laughs) Because we're all born into the world sinners. We've got this hole in our soul. And all of us are jacked up when we're born. So all of us have a BC story, before Christ. Who was I before Christ? Christ. And then, then the, here's the transition. Now, we, we're not trying to talk about all the nasty stuff and dirty stuff. But when I share my story, all of us have got something we came out of. Then what was it that caused me to realize that I needed the Savior? Where did God start to work in my life to transition me? Okay, we, we, we can all share that. Then number two, how did I meet Christ? Where was the defining moment for me of driving the stake in the ground where I repented and I responded? That old dude I hung out with last week, he's going to tell people, hey, you're not going to believe it. I was in spring training, and we were just out here floating around looking at these ball players. And the Holy Spirit ambushed me, and I was hanging with this guy, and we went out in the middle of the ball field, and I prayed to surrender Christ right here. Well, hey, hey, that's where it started for you, right? We've all got a place where, when did I really surrender to Christ? And then the third piece of it is how is Christ changing me daily and conforming me to the likeness of himself as a result of my surrender? And I wrote some stuff here. Everybody got these three things down? Come on, just nod with me. This is, this is helping you. This is life coaching. Remember, that's what I told do it on the plane I do. I do life coaching. Okay, who I was before Christ, how I met Christ, and how he's changing me. So here's what I write down here, some of the important lessons. What has God taught me through failure and success? Since I got saved, can I tell you, I've had some successes and I've had some failures. How has God worked, at me, uh, worked with me in the midst of that? Here's another one. Uh, what has God taught me from pain and sorrow? It was good for me to be afflicted. I had this conversation with a sales rep from a, a, a national global known company. And we were hanging out the other day. He was out there floating around. I start talking to him. I'd met him two times before. Can I tell you something? This is crazy. I started sharing with him the beauty of pain and suffering of how God uses affliction uh, to bring about uh, deeper growth in our journey. And I talked about adversity with this guy. And I was breaking down Philippians 1.29. Not only have you been granted the privilege to trust Christ for salvation, but to suffer for his name's sake. And we started laying this out. That God is wanting to grow you. God is calling you to depend on him. Can I tell you? This dude, he lays his head on my shoulder and starts crying. 35, 36-year-old dude. That is so unscripted. I wouldn't planning on seeing him. I didn't know what God wanted to do in that dude's life. But I was wanting him to know that the sorrow and pain and disappointment, God wants to redeem it. You got to trust him. So when you share your story, it might be some of that. Like what kind of pain and sorrow? Here's another one. Uh, what did I learn in winning and losing? I've won some and I've lost some. You know, uh, you have highs and lows. Uh, What have I learned from my family, from my church, from my small group, from an accountability partner, from a mentor, uh, from my critics? What have I learned from my critics? I mean, I want to live the crucified life, right? He says, take up your cross daily and follow me. Okay, I want to live the crucified life. Well, the only way that can happen is God has to use other people to nail me to the cross. Which means criticism oftentimes is a gift from God that helps me grow. Because it causes me to press into Jesus. If you're motivated by praise, you'll be deflated by criticism. So neither one of them can define you. What have I learned through the word? What have I learned through prayer? What have I learned through teachings? What have I learned? And so, hey, hey, you've got a story to tell. You do. You're going to have some 5B teed up opportunities today. God's going to give you some 5B moments this week. And he wants you to redeem the time. And if you're sanctifying Christ as Lord in your life, and you're ready to give an answer for the hope that you have, whether it's from a critic or whether it's from somebody who's crying their eyes up because their mom just got diagnosed with cancer, if you've sanctified him as Lord in your life, you're going to be ready to give an answer for the hope. It could be an addict, it could be somebody arrogant, it could be somebody apathetic. But you are going to intersect with a bunch of five B's. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? And God wants to use you. Do you care? Will you dare? And will you share? I pray that today's word encouraged you. And thanks for joining us uh, on this uh, broadcast today. If we can help you in your walk with Christ in any way, feel free to contact us here at The Cross Loganville, our email info at thecrossloganville.org, or you can call us 770-554-3322. God bless you. And I pray that you have just an incredible day.